Jumping in on Manx Radio with Howard and Chris Kane. Hello, good evening, and welcome. Here we are again, jumping into the stratosphere on a Saturday night here on Manx Radio. It is, of course, jumping in the best in modern and contemporary jazz with myself, H. And me, Chris. Yes, welcome along to this week's show. And we have another one of our interview specials, more of which later on. Well, spring has definitely done its thing, and the arrival of my annual house guests announces the move into summer. Yes, the house martins are back. As indeed are the other great herald of TT Fortnite, spurious speed limit signs sprouting up everywhere. Although I noticed yesterday they've all gained black baggies, whether they're official DTI black baggies or not, who can tell? So what have you been considering on your potentially longer than usual drive home age? Ah uh, yes, 40 miles an hour all the way. Yeah, looking forward to hearing from Christian, a lovely guy. Uh, I've got the latest from Jonathan Blake, we'll be homeward bound with him. Uh, I'll be introducing uh, Javier Otti, a bit of intrology and... Uh, Something I dug out, cleaning out the old uh, music maestro's place, Roy Hargrove, with Oscar Peterson. And then from me, we try and quench St George's nemesis with our special guest. Can you guess who it is? We have droopy drawers for a special birthday. We slowly sink into Greenwich. And to kick off proceedings, another birthday boy and a star trooper to boot. 85 years young on May the 4th, and May the 4th be with him. Here's bass legend Ron Carter with the WDR Big Band and 8.
fantastic stuff, be they jazz legends like Miles, Herbie, Wayne, Lee, McCoy, or even pop legends like Billy Joel, as a, uh, or indeed even as a Grammy-winning film composer. If Ron Carter hasn't been involved with any major project for the last 60 years, it's hard to imagine why not. As the top go-to bassist for all the top artists at 85, he's still at the very top of his game and could be caught giving a tiny desk concert from his home during lockdown, ably supported there by the fantastic WDR Big Band on his 2015 release, My Personal Songbook. Good stuff, and I think he's still going, Ron, uh, I think, as he far is, as I recall. He is, just hit his 85th, as yeah. I say, playing live from home, still touring, still writing. So, Brilliant. You know, great stuff. Not bad. If I'm doing that when I'm 85, I will be very happy. Uh, Jonathan Blake, the drummer, is nowhere near 85. He's got uh, almost 40 years to go. He's 46, I think, or thereabouts, or 45. Uh, he's been around for a few years now and has been making quite an impression on the scene. I've got a couple of his albums. He's played with a whole uh, who's who of uh, drummers. It's comes from a musical background. His dad was uh, another Blake, John Blake Jr., the violin player, perhaps not quite as well known, uh, but his son, well, he studied with the likes of uh, Rufus Reed and Steve Wilson and John Riley and has played with the likes of the Oliver Lake Big Band, Roy Hargrove and David Sanchez. His latest is out on Blue Note Records. Uh, it is called Homeward Bound and this is a track called LLL.
Terrific stuff. Uh, really enjoyed that one. I must admit, it is his latest on Blue Note Records, uh, of course. And uh, he has been on Sunnyside. I think he did his first one out in uh, 2012 on Sunnyside. His debut was The Eleventh Hour, which I think we featured on the programme before, if memory serves correct. Uh, and uh, featured the likes of Mark Turner and uh, Jaleel Shaw. Also played with Scott Collie. Homeward Bound, uh, released in back end of last year, I think it was, if memory serves correct on that one as well. I really can't remember. They come out so thick and fast sometimes, it's impossible to keep up. Also, sometimes reading the liner notes on some of these albums, almost impossible when they do pale ink on a pale background. Uh, but I think, if I can read it correctly, LLL, composed, of course, by Jonathan Blake, with him on drums and cymbals. Emmanuel Wilkins, alto sax, Joel Ross, who's got several albums out, Kingmaker is a goodie, on vibraphone. Uh, the great David Frellis, who's uh, played with Thomas Stanko in the past on piano, and Desron Douglas on acoustic bass. There's certainly no shortage of good music around at the moment. I mean, Scott Collier, you mentioned there, his solo albums are worth digging into too. Really, really good stuff indeed. And speaking of really good stuff, time to catch up with another special guest. Uh, recorded live in the dressing room, with the small dressing room at the back of Ronnie Scott's club, we managed to catch up with pianist Christian Sands. And I start by asking him about his new release. Well, Be Water is, is exactly that, you know. Um, it was something that I responded to so much. Uh, hearing the uh, analogy and the metaphor with the one and only Bruce Lee talks about Be Water and you should be like water, you know, it got me thinking about what that really means. Not only just as the property of water and what it relates to as the individual, but also in music and jazz. I mean, when you listen to jazz, it can take on so many different forms, just like water can as well. That's probably the most fluid of all styles, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. So, 
you know, the idea, I mean, really the, the album sort of became Be Water after a series of events of, from uh, traveling. You know, we were on tour in 2019 and it seemed like every show was just raining every day, you know, <laughs> and uh, traveling to different places. Uh, uh, the last place we traveled, what really kind of put the nail in the coffin was uh, Hawaii. And being in Hawaii and uh, the bass player, uh, Yasushi Nakamura, and I were on our way back to the uh, the airport. And we stopped along uh, the way to kind of a, you know, a, a sort of a nice, it's, it's hard to say a park. Because when you're in Hawaii, I mean, everything looks like a postcard, right? You know, but that's their park. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we stuck our feet in the water, kind of like taking in the sights, taking in the sun and the water. And then a, a, a beautiful sea turtle appeared out of you know out of nowhere and swam up to us and sort of peeked his head out and and kind of told us you know hey you got to make this album about water and swam away so that was kind of the thing that kind of said okay this album needs to be about water and fluidity and 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 just really just being one with the moment just like water is and is it true that you uh, your doctor at the same time said hey you should be thinking about drinking oh, more yes. water absolutely <laughs> you know uh you know uh, many physicians will tell you you know drink six glasses of water a day make sure you're doing that and i'm sure many of us do not do that true. you know so it started with that that was the that was the beginning of the journey was my doctor saying hey drink water <laughs> now it's your third album for for mac uh is that correct? So we had Reach yes. and then we had Facing Dragons. Yes. I did see actually uh, Discord says there's a Reach further. Yeah, yeah. there's a Reach further. But I haven't further. been able to find a copy of that anyway. Yeah, yeah. that's only online there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the last album obviously was very successful worldwide for you. And I guess since then, you haven't really been able to tour at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, since the pandemic, uh, you know, we, we came up with this record and... Uh, we weren't able to tour it, which wasn't uh, ideal, but the record did so well, which we're so happy for. And I think it, people really responded to it because it sort of spoke to what was happening in the world, which wasn't intended. Yeah. You know, uh, it was just something that was saying, hey, you know, we're we're here and we're uh, just trying to be open to things that are coming to us, which we're not expecting. And 2020, I think no one expected that. So it really kind of resonated with people. And I think that's why it really did well. And also, we just had some amazing, you know, amazing players on it. Yasushi Nakamura, Clarence Penn, Marcus Strickland, uh, Sean Jones, I mean, Marvin Sewell. Uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on. It's a, it's a great cast. So, you know, we had a lot of fun with it. So, Piano came to it as a quite young man. I think you started your lessons at four. We're from, both from a musical family, and we were okay. all uh, thrown at the piano and thrown at the drums and various other instruments throughout yeah. the household. But... When did jazz actually grab hold of you? Was that in, from your family as well? It was. Uh, uh, jazz has always been played in my house. You know, uh, growing up, my father was playing records, playing Miles, a lot of Miles Davis, a ton of Miles Davis, Thelonious <laughs> Monk, uh, Dave Brubeck, of course, um, and also uh, Grover Washington Jr. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on, Duke Ellington. And uh, so that idea was already there, you know, when, when I showed up and my younger brother showed up. Uh, we started lessons. Well, I started lessons at four years old, but um, on classical piano. But I would improvise on the classical pieces, sure. and of course, you're not supposed to do that necessarily, you know. And so, after having so many teachers say don't, don't do, do that, that. <laughs> there was a teacher that said, you know, I think he should go to jazz studies. And so I started that when I was about seven. So I mean, truthfully, I feel like I've been playing in the style of improvisation uh, since I was a child. I mean, really out of the womb. 
Yeah. So who are the cats do you think? You mentioned some of the greats there as well, the likes of obviously Winton, Kenny, Marcus. Who would you sort of say was the major sort of inspiration for you? Uh, that's so hard because everyone is. Everyone's an inspiration. Uh, there's so many sounds. I mean, you know, with not even just piano. I mean, there's so many different artists. Winston Marsalis, uh, you know, Louis Armstrong. I mean, just the way people do certain things. Duke Ellington, uh, you know, my younger brother. You know, I mean, there's so many people that have something interesting to say. And you really watch what they do and listen to what they do. And you're like, okay, well, let's, I'll try that. Let me, let me check that out. Let me see what's happening with that. You know, uh, from the greats, Dr. Billy Taylor, uh, Fats Waller was a huge influence. You know, I mean, every, everyone has something specific and wonderful to say. Uh, Andrew Hill, uh, Herbie Hancock. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so many. Paul Blay, uh, Bobo Stenson. You know, there's so many musicians and also artists. I mean, I'm a big uh, Pablo Picasso fan. I love Salvador Dali. I love everything he stands for. So it's really incredible. You know, uh, George O'Keefe. Uh, there's, there, you know, the, the list goes on and on. I'm a big fan of uh, design, so um, you know, I love Porsche design, so and I love cars, you know, and uh, motorcycles. So I'm, I just love everything. Everything is an influence for me. I said, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend.
where do you feel the uh, American songbook sits now in, in your canon for, for your repertoire? Oh, it's so important, you know, because it's something that resonates with so many people, you know. Uh, amongst uh, the original compositions that we're all creating in this generation, the standards are a reminder of what was once a really amazing true idea and true identity of the American song, of jazz, you know, uh, from the lyrics to the content of what they were talking about, what they were playing about, you know, uh, it really told us what was happening during that time, you know, and to find different ways to play them or find different ways to navigate through them is a really exciting part and fun part, you know, especially when you have really great musicians on stage, you know, uh, you don't have to read any music because you already know it. So that's a great thing. But also just to experiment and to try to find different ways to to tell that story. You know, I mean, it's very much like film where you'll have a remake of a movie or a remake of something that has been made a long time ago, you know, and you kind of check out what the director has done with it. You know, it's the same thing with us. You know, when we're playing standards, you want to see, okay, well, how do we make this new, you know, with the same things that are happening. And also um, the messages in some of these songs, uh, you know, they're still, they still hold up, you know, and some of them you have to remember that they still hold up, you know, so they're nice little reminders of like, okay, be kind, love one another. I mean, all these love songs, Nobody writes love songs anymore. So listening listening to these love songs, listening to Nat King Cole, listening to Frank Sinatra, listening to how they play, how they sing, what they're talking about, what they're singing about, what they stand for is really incredible. So all that influences uh, how we play the standards, what we like to do, what we don't like to do, you know, uh, and and what the information is. I was just going to say it's been a weird, weird old world you were saying about loving the world and whatever. It's been a weirdo world this last couple of years, of course, for so many, in particular for artists with lockdown. How's it been for you? Because for some we, people we've been speaking to say, you know what, it's sort of been kind of inspirational, a funny way they've had time to go back, to sort of look back at their old stuff, to think about new things and perhaps take them in the new direction. Absolutely. I mean, the lockdown was something I, well, I can't speak for everyone else, but for me, uh, it was such a beneficial time because this was the first time I was home since I was about like seven years old, you know? So it took me back to seven years old, which was a very scary thing for me. I mean, I've always been on stage, I mean, for the, you know, maybe 90% of the year, you know? And so in this particular moment, I had to be in touch with myself away from the stage. And who was that? You know, so the inspiration came from finding out who I was away from stage and that influenced who I am on stage. You know, and I feel like that was the case with a lot of different musicians, a lot of different artists. You know, whether you're writing, whether you're painting, whether you're, or, and also just finding different things to do as well. Because, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't on stage playing the piano, so I had to figure out what else to do. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it pushes you in different directions. So, like yourself, I was interviewing musicians, and uh, which is a very hard thing to do. So I, you know, I applaud you both <laughs> because it's very tough. It's very tough. You know, but uh, we had so much fun. Um, I was also, I call it personality work. So I was also doing, hosting television shows, uh, hosting on uh, Instagram Live. You know, I was doing a lot of different things away from the piano, which was a wonderful way to exercise creativity in a different, 
avenue. You know, I, mean, I think so. sometimes breathing space is one thing that we're all very we, we give ourselves so little opportunity to catch up and take in what is around us because we're on the main prize all the time and working flat out. Now I, I noticed, uh, but funny enough, you referenced a lot of the greats there, and I remember my dad. Uh, our father was a great jazz pianist too, but uh, played a sort of post-pop, quite modern style. But he loved a lot of the of the early song work. And the first time he played me Oscar Peterson playing Round Midnight, I was so sucked in with these rich harmonies. Now that's incredible. And as a child, I then heard Thelonious play it and thought, this guy is absolutely murdering this tune, whoever <laughs> 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 he is. Uh, but, you know, you, you come around and realise the genius that was within that spirit as well. Uh, the use of electronics I was going to ask you about, how do you get on with that as a different sort of kit bag of noises and sounds? I see this little Yamaha keyboard sitting on top of the piano. Has that been something you've enjoyed to play with and, and get the sounds of different uh, places from? Absolutely. I mean, again, you know, you talk about revisiting yourself. I grew up. Uh, playing keyboards as well as piano and really experimenting with sounds, you know, with the moogs and, and different guitar pedals on the Fender Rhodes and, you know, really just creating things. And I sort of stepped away from that to just really focus on the piano when I was younger, going into high school, going into uh, university. And so with the pandemic, I had some time. You know, and I had a little bit of money, so I was like, well, let's 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 buy a keyboard again, you know, and let's kind of see what I can do, you know. And also, it's a, a part of the time. I mean, we're, you know, we're in an age where technology is king, mm. and uh, I respond to uh, the organic. I love, you know, acoustic instruments, but I also love sounds, and I also love what they can do. So, why not put them together? Why not see uh, if there's a, a way that I can put them together? If there's a way to combine technology with the acoustic and blend it in a way where there's a beautiful harmony you know and so this is my version of that and that's getting back to the fluidity you're talking about in water really that whole Absolutely. sort of yeah melange and sort of shapelessness and things just coming together we should before we let you go we should say you're, you're no stranger at least to a link with the isle of man Absolutely, yes. So my manager is originally from the Isle of Man. So this is actually fantastic. I know she's going to be thrilled <laughs> that we are talking and we are having such a great time here. Christian, it's been an absolute pleasure for you to take the time out and talk to us. We know you've got a busy schedule. We know you're due to go on live very, very shortly. And we're looking forward to seeing that set immensely. Can I just say what a pleasure to have you on jumping in. And thanks very much for taking the time out. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
really quiet, meditative number there, which is simply called Roads to Meditation. And of course, as you might have gathered, the Roads is spelled R-H-O-D-E-S. Christian Sands playing there in a very quiet, laid-back, definitely meditative style. And what a charming guy he was, really lovely. He sort of looks quite imperious on the cover of that album, Christian Sands Facing Dragons. And you think, he, you know, you, you, you thought he might get short thrift from him. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing was too much trouble. And he even did a couple of takes of our Sting ID and said, hey, should I try one in Manx? <laughs> <laughs> he, came, he came straight in from the airport. The band hadn't even put their bags down. And he said, oh, sorry, I'm late, guys. I'm come through, I'll do it for you now. And he was, as you say, a very, very nice fella in the back room at Ronnie's while the drummer and the bass player were setting up and warming up. And uh, if his music's new to him, well, there's plenty to explore. Some 16 recordings out, nine of which as a leader. The last three on Mac Avenue are all really good. And he was a bit of a prodigy at uh, his first recording, Footprints, which is a, a trio album, was released back in 2002, recorded when he was 12. Makes you wonder how we've been wasting all our time. Anyway, next from me, another sort of a birthday celebration. Whilst his actual birthday was in April, the latest recording from Paul Booth is not only his age, but also an album of four plus four. When is an octet not an octet? Well, when it's two different quartets playing together, and perhaps when it has two drummers and two bass players. From 44, here's Paul Booth and Blues in the Square.
Blues in the Square from saxman Paul Booth, ably assisted by Alexander Ridout on trumpet, Andrew Bain and Shane Forbes on the drums, Flo Moore on electric bass, David Whitford on upright bass, Oliver Mason on guitar, and the ubiquitous Ross Stanley on piano, Hammond B3, and in this case, a Wurlitzer piano rather than a Rhodes. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> close enough close enough for jazz as they say uh, from Blue Note to Blue Asteroid that's the label that uh, Javier Orti is on uh, I confess it's a, an artist I rather enjoyed I must admit I'm fairly sure I picked it up when I was on a holiday one time uh, in a jazz club somewhere and I'm trying to think for me where the life of me where it was part of me is thinking it was in somewhere like Seville but I could be entirely wrong <laughs> it might have been in Venice oh I don't know I don't know somewhere on the continent anyway somewhere along those lines and I thought this is an interesting character hadn't seen him before as I say on Blue Asteroid Records here's a track he calls it looks like it is Spanish Loque qui sert
nice little number, that. I wish my Spanish or Italian was better, as the case may be. Intrology is the album. Javier Orti with uh, Julian Sanchez uh, on a trumpet, Javier himself on sax, uh, Angel uh, André Mutz on piano, Javier Delgado on the bass, and uh, Nacho Medina on the drums. Yes, there's no sources of good music uh, from people that even we haven't heard of in the jazz field. Uh, I forgot to mention before, actually, Paul Booth was also the man behind the Bansangu Orchestra. We good to hear another one from them. Uh, and uh, thanks Bansangu, for... Bansangu, uh, yeah. yeah Bansangu. Th- Bansangu. And thank you for Ubuntu <laughs> for sending that through to us. Well, that's about it for this week's show. A big thank you to Christian Sands for taking the time out to talk to us. And we've just got time to fit in a track from London-based keyboardist and pianist James Beckwith, featuring others on the album Sam Rapley on sax, James Copas on trumpet and flugel, and Joe Downard on the bass. The album centres on mental health and well-being and takes its spirit from where he lives, the SE10 area of London, Greenwich in particular, where they all reside. A lovely mix of ambient, chill-out synth tracks and great jazz piano. SE10 is a treat. Here's Descent. I hope it doesn't bring you down. (laughs) See you next week. See you next week. Brussels is looming, I'm glad to say. Real Brussels. Real Brussels.